Horror. Welcome to Countdown to Infinity, to Infinity and Beyond. This week, we're inviting you on a time heist. This is our recap of Endgame Part 2. I'm Ray Ruzo, and I have with me today, as usual, Chris O'Connor. I mean, his promises go. That one's pretty lame. Okay. <laughs> and Becca Rebergen. <laughs> hello, hello. We last left off with uh, our heroes jumping into the quantum realm to go gather the infinity stones through time. Mm -hmm. And when you're watching the film, visually it does a really good job of weaving between scenes, but for the purpose of a podcast, we want to make sure each little bit of the time heist gets its, like, that we actually get to pay attention to it. So rather than following the plot of the movie necessarily. Yeah, and that our conversation makes sense. Because <clears throat> yeah. otherwise, be like, we were over here, and now we're over here, and now we're in Asgard, and now we're in the seventies. <laughs> what was I saying about that? Oh. Mental ping pong, I think, is what we're is the phrase. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so to avoid mental ping pong, we're gonna just kind of take it one, you know, chunk at a time. So we do start off going back to the invasion of New York in Avengers One, twenty twelve. I miss it so. Oh, I know, man. I just, like, I was just gonna say that watching this today just gave me a craving for all that, like, early fanfic where everyone was living in the tower and Clint hung out in the vents and Thor loved Pop-Tarts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. The good old days before we realized we'd been catfished. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I know this is the, yeah, I just was struck so much by the music just hitting right and right as soon as you oh. they land in 2012 and it just oh it did things to me yeah and then that you know that epic shot of the you know the the, the superhero the, the superhero shot the, circle of the whole shot. team yeah. together all you yeah. know raw, doing their stuff and and you know remember i it takes you right back to like seeing that the first time in the theater and your spine gets all tingly and you're like they did it so How many did tingles they do it it's amazing! This worked! It, and it really was spectacular for the time. Like, I, I don't really recall any other time a movie had taken, like, how many movies did they have out at this point? Like, six? Yeah, I think so. Five, yeah, One, six two, films, and then mash them all five. together onto, scre onto the screen, and it was five just like... this was the sixth, I think. Yeah. Whatever. It was mind-blowingly awesome. Yeah. So and it was good. nice to, like, get those happy feels back. Yeah. You have this real sense of, like, coming full circle mm -hmm. in this part of the movie. And I just think that's really good service to the fans. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So in New York 2012, we have three stones. Two uptown, one downtown. And we're going to go to downtown one first. Uh, Bruce. Poor Bruce. <laughs> he thinks it's gratuitous. Yeah. <laughs> Steve is like, maybe you should smash some stuff. And he's like, oh, do I have to? Oh, man. Fine. Yeah. yeah, somewhere out there is like some 2012 cell phone footage of a Hulk that's like not that into it. And like the person like recording is like, hey, wait a second. This doesn't this seem doesn't like seem the guy. This doesn't seem right. Is this the guy? Wait, he was just, he was just at uh, Grand Central. Why is he... Down in the village. Somewhere Are out there. Are there two of them? 
somewhere out there, there is a tw- there's like a Chitari invasion truther uh, conspiracy theory with people like looking at this footage being like, there's no way Captain America was in two places at once. And, you know, something really kind of sung in my heart when I saw that they had brought Tilda Swinton back as the ancient yeah. one. Yeah, did. I love her as the ancient one. Like, I... Don't get me wrong, like, the whitewashing of that was, it was and still is bullshit, but, like, who, if you're gonna go that direction, who else but Tilda Swinton? And it was just so unexpected. It was just like, oh, she's dead. (laughs) (laughs) She's dead now. (laughs) Everybody gets to come back. This is so great. It's the past. (laughs) Oh, man. But this is also a really important scene, because... Sort of like the discussion of time travel and like, why don't we go back in time and kill baby Thanos? Um, (laughs) This scene, they use this scene to explain to us how their vision of time travel works. And they give us a really good visualization of, you know, this timeline that splits off when the stones are taken, but they come back. Yeah, she gives him a magical PowerPoint presentation. Yes. But, But first she, but first she like, Pushes Bruce back out of the Hulk. I love that. Yeah. That was that was great. Like he shows up and like, you know, she's all slick and blowing up aliens, which kind of makes me think, like, you know, if the Avengers weren't if they didn't make it, like if they if they were losing, would she like leave the house and go take <laughs> care of Loki? <laughs> She'd be like, Ugh, fine. <laughs> Again, I think she only would have like gone further out if the sanctum was under direct threat. Yeah. Mm. Although she clearly she clearly knew something was up because he's there looking for Stephen Strange and she's like, Yeah, you're five years too early. Yeah. Well she's been waiting for him the whole time. She's she's yeah. like, you know, he's supposed to be the best of us. You know, <laughs> she can see she can see her future up to that point when she can't. So she mm-hmm, could see mm-hmm. the point that she meets Stephen Strange. She can see all that, and she's she's got that going on, yeah. uh, and, and that is that is pretty interesting. And I love like you know like Hulk, you know, this big massive Hulk, and he's like nice about it. He's like I'm, I'm you know I'm here to get that. He's like I'm sorry, I'm not asking about it. He goes up and like you know he's not gonna like hit her. He's not gonna he's not he's just gonna grab the thing and take the thing and go. I am very right. politely robbing you. It's like she I does do- look kind of frail. Yeah, he's like, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to hurt you. I just got to take this thing. Bye. And then she's like, no. <laughs> Splat. <laughs> and then I love how they just sort of propped Hulk up and put a hat over his face so yes. it looked like he was sleeping. Yes, oh my God. That was a so little hat. Yeah, his little flower hat. But oh, yeah, <laughs> like she just doesn't, and she doesn't like, want to do it. She doesn't see why it's necessary until there's that throwaway line of... Well, then why the hell did he get the time stone away? Yeah, although, like, her reasoning, like, the way that she talks kind of makes me, she's like, did I make a mistake? And then, like, without saying anything, she's like, okay, you're right. You can do it. All right. Here you go. I, I like, she like, knows he wouldn't have done that without a reason. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I did. Uh, I did like that. You know, the, in the magical PowerPoint, she's like, you know, when it leaves at this point, then we're going to diverge and everything's going to go terrible. And he's like, yeah, but it's time travel, so mm-hmm. you're going to give me the stone, and as far as you're concerned, somebody will be back here in like a second and just give you the stone. So it's like a hiccup in your life. You're going to see Steve in about thirty <laughs> seconds. Okay, I promise. Yeah, if, yeah. If, if if that Steve Rogers is going to Steve Rogers is waiting in the shadows right now, trying not to interfere in this, <laughs> he'll give it to you. <laughs> because we know Steve; he absolutely went back before the stones were get, were picked up, so that he could be there on time. Yep. <laughs> well, there's a certain one that he messed up, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, Anyway, speaking of Steve, <laughs> the two other stones, Mind Stone and Space Stone, are up at yeah. Avengers Tower. Yeah, they're in one spot. And I love that they pick up right after the... The hero if, pose. The, you got the big hero pose at the end. It's like, if it's all the same to you, I'll have that drink now. Yes, oh, that was good. That was good. <laughs> and even though he's been beaten, like, he's still, he's still like, uh, you know, being a... Be, he still he can't stop talking like he, he mimics Captain America he's like oh blah, 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 blah. like which how can is, you stand him which he does in the dark world too he had that great little bit where he's just like 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mocking Thor and decides to be Steve for a while to mock yeah. him even more. That was one of the best laughs of that whole movie. And it was so unexpected. Everyone did a really good job of keeping that cameo under wraps. Like, good job, fandom. Yeah, and I love, like, sneaky, sneaky Iron Man, like, flying in very quietly, landing very gracefully. And, and his little, uh, you know, the little foreshadowing of the uh, the paper football. He, he, like, flicks. He's like, flick me! And he gets into the pose. <laughs> As far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass. <laughs> I love all the nicknames he has for Ant Man. He has Thumbelina. Oh, so uh, yeah, Piss Ant, Thumbelina, uh, Stuart Little. Let's yeah. See. Oh, man. He, he, he's got a lot of them. It's like, do you hire somebody to come up with mean names for all your teammates? Probably. <laughs> uh, I was like, I'm a billionaire. I want to, I want to. Gonna have somebody out in the. I have somebody living in, a, in an apartment that just workshops these jokes for me, and then they send them to me by email. Ah, uh, but before, but before Thumbelina gets flicked, is the uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's America's yeah. ass. It's like Tony, what are you doing, staring at Steve's ass and remarking on how the costume fit it? Those pants weren't doing anything for you. Although, you know, like the the part of that outfit that wasn't working the most was definitely the headpiece. That that that, that oh, part yeah. doesn't work. That's the part that doesn't work. <laughs> no, but you know what? Yeah. It serves a really good purpose later on in this scene to help tell them apart. Yes, yes. That's vital. <laughs> so the 2012 Avengers all pile into the elevator. And, and Hulk yeah. was like, the Hulk, you need to take the stairs. <laughs> We've reached maximum capacity. Take the hate the stairs. Hulk hates stairs. And you know what? I would be just as pissed as him if someone closed an elevator on me. How much does Hulk weigh, I wonder? <laughs> Probably more than the capacity of that elevator on his own. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> They're headed downstairs, but meanwhile, the Delta Strike team has already come in to box up. Yeah, uh, yeah. This they look like bad guys. Time. They look yeah. like... Yeah, Tony's explaining it to Scott. Like, yeah, that's S.H.I.E.L.D. That's the Delta Strike team. They weren't actually S.H.I.E.L.D. They were Hydra. We didn't know that at the time. We didn't know it. And, uh... Yeah. How did you not know it? They look like bad guys. Oh, yeah, okay. I mean, uh, everybody looks like somebody's bad guy. Anyway. This is true. So Steve peels off to go to the elevator with the Delta Strike team. And it is basically an exact replica of the elevator scene from Captain it's America It's so perfect. Uh, did it's they? So perfect. Because I, I could swear at least a few of those those stuntmen, like you know, those extras are are the same guys. Oh are yeah, they no, definitely all the same um, guys. Who I think so. they had? Jack Rollins was definitely there. Um, mm. who's like the one with like the long face, the tall one with the long face? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the those main three were definitely there. I don't know if I think the ones behind him were. Yeah, I I think they might. If not all of them, I think most of them were the same guys. Yeah, but you see some of the shots, like the hand going for the gun. Yeah. Um, just the exact a little bit. same shots. And then Steve <sighs> just uses his wonderful future knowledge to turn to Sitwell and go like, hey, change of plans. Someone's planning on stealing this, so the secretary wants me to take point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going like, to have to call what? this in. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 just trust me, and leans in and... I this mo this moment killed me. Just whispers, "Hail <laughs> so Hydra!" It was so good. It was, and oh the thing God. is, I think that was a nod <sighs> to the shitty ass Hydra cap shit that it, went on. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. completely. For sure. But this is all you needed. That's all you needed. So much better than the shitty Hydra crap crap. Yeah, and it was so it, 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 ah. I mean, Steve's always been a smart guy. He's always he always does like good at you know his strategy and tactics and 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 he's 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 clever. He'll think his way out of fights if he can. Mm -hmm. But this one was just so like using future knowledge, and he did it so well. And I'm just oh. like, and you and you know that those guys like Rumlow and all the guys in the trail in that elevator when he left. They were just floating on cloud nine. Yep. They were yeah. they were happy they He's got on our side. They're like, oh my God, Captain America's on our side. All that <laughs> internal drama I've had about whether or not I'm the bad guy. Oh, I feel so good. He's on my side. I'm a good guy. 
Meanwhile, downstairs, Scott is in Tony's shirt, remarking, is this Axe body spray? Yeah, I've got a can as, it, as you know, for emergencies. Sure you did, Tony. <laughs> sure. Yeah, you know, this is something you keep in the office in case he gets sweaty. From- he could have kept a god, a nice stick of Old Spice. So, you know, yeah, but he, did he could not. have kept something else. He could afford it. He could certainly afford to keep something else. And mm. speaking of the secretary, Robert freaking yes. Redford, who has been retired from acting, came yes. back to do this movie. I'll come back. You give me the money, I'll do the, I'll do the thing. That's okay. <laughs> and he still yeah. looks amazing. How old is he? Yeah. Uh, eighty something. He's really yeah. old. Yeah, he's he he's is. he should definitely retire and be retired and live out the rest of his days. So yeah, he's like, what? He barges in like, what's going on here? <laughs> we'll take that case. <laughs> oh yeah, this is we'll under my jurisdiction. I, I love that. Like you know, Loki. We're gonna you're gonna remand Loki into custody to us, and he's like, oh no no no, he's gonna answer directly to Odin. Don't worry, it'll be fine. He's like, oh, <laughs> you can have what's left of him, and it's like, and that's that's one yeah. of those things. It's like how. Do you argue with an alien, like, that's effectively relatively immortal, uh, upon which your ancestors, you know, thought was was a war god? Uh, uh, you have no sort of, there's no extradition, there's no treaty, there's no mutual understanding <laughs> between the, the kingdom of Asgard and any nation on Earth. You have no authority. I mean, it's like... Uh, you know he created he he committed this terrible crime in New York in the United States on the planet Earth, but at the same time, if the God of Thunder says he's taking this guy home to face trial, what are uh, you going to do know, to stop kid, him? You're not going to stop yeah. him. I mean, and obviously they can't stop him, and they don't stop him. Then <laughs> he goes right back to Asgard. Well, he was supposed to go right back to Asgard. Well, <laughs> he was supposed to go right back to Asgard. I'm really curious as to actually like. So this is, it's implied that this is, like, what happened. This is what happened at the end of the, after the Avengers, you know, after the credits rolled, before the shawarma. Yeah. What, what was the sequence with Pierce in, in the original timeline? I mean, I I think that, I think it was kind of, they they probably ended up kind of trading. They agreed mm -hmm. to let him take the case and they kept Loki. It's like yeah. you go ahead and take you go ahead and take this. You keep it safe. We trust you. He also you know, would have gotten the side. scepter. Yeah, yeah. It's like you get you get the stones. You keep those under lock and key, and you know. But we I, know I, that the tesseract went back to Asgard. Oh yeah, it did. Mm. Did it? Yeah, yeah. Because remember, it was the thingy. No, so they must have exchanged the scepter. Hmm. Because they say they say they're taking the scepter to Doctor List, yeah. who is the one who was experimenting on Pietro and Wanda mm. using the scepter. <laughs> I was like, "Who is that guy?" I know we will be down yeah, the rabbit yeah. hole forever, but uh, all of that uh, conversation gets broken up by electrical engineer Scott Lang <laughs> short circuiting <laughs> Tony's heart. Uh- <laughs> um, a mild in- a cardio uh, infarction, Myo- disruption, what was it? Whatever, Myocardial he gave a heart attack. attack. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dysrhythmia. I'm just going to give you a small heart attack. It's okay, you're fine. And like By disrupting Thor's- the thing that keeps you alive. Thor is oh. trying so hard, he's like, oh, maybe this will work, I don't know. Ka-chunk! Yeah. And then the- somebody get a medic, and then like, work. and then Tony's just like, medic, medic, medic. <laughs> <laughs> Help that guy. Somebody help that guy. But he manages to scoop up that briefcase and he would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for the Hulk coming down the stairs. Yeah. Hate the stairs. Hate the stairs. Oh, Hulk hates stairs. Oh, man. That was... (laughs) And the case just gets... And and this whole time, like, Loki's noticed everything Mm -hmm. happening. Loki knows exactly what's happening. He's paying attention and, you know, he's doing a good job of it and he takes his opportunity and whoop. That's takes it. the Tesseract and gets his own show on Disney Plus. Which we've now seen the trailer to. Yes, we have. Yep. And I did not realize that was Owen Wilson. Yep. You did yeah, he's really I'm not sure how much he's really because we haven't seen him in a long time. Um but it's not clear like how much is just him having changed or how much they changed him for the part, but we haven't seen him in a long time, so maybe. So just, this is just like a random fun fact because sometimes when I see buildings, I want to know like where they felt, like what location they filmed. And so I looked yeah. up where the Stark Industries lobby was, and Becca, it is a mile 
about a mile up the road from where we go to Dragon Con. <laughs> it's on Peachtree. Yeah. It's on Peachtree Street. Oh yeah. <laughs> Peachtree Street Northeast or whatever, because they have all those weird designations like in Atlanta that don't streets. make sense. I mean, look, now we've got the sexy spaceship elevator and the, you know, Stark lobby. So, Oh, yeah, the sexy spaceship elevator was in the Loki trailer, too, wasn't it? Yep. yep. Yeah. Did they, use that same, did they use that same elevator in Westworld, is, or is that something else? They used it it's for like sure in Hunger Games. Yeah. Oh, okay. They use it in a lot of stuff, the Atlanta Marriott Marquis. And it was in the, it was in the trailer for um, Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, it was. Yeah, I don't remember it actually in the movie, but I'm pretty sure it was in the trailer. It's like one of the like shots of like Vulture coming down, flying down. Oh, I'm going to have to go back and look for that. Once Loki disappears, it's the perfect inopportune moment for Steve to run into himself. <laughs> I've got eyes on Loki. I've got eyes on Loki. Ugh. Oh, shit. What, what does he say? You got to be shitting me. Yeah. You, you yeah. got, Yeah. <laughs> Fight. You just see the difference that has aged yeah. Steve so much. And he's so <laughs> exhausted by his freshly defrosted self. Like, Yeah, yeah. It's like, I could do this all day. Yeah, I know. I feel like it's a little bit of a dig at Joss Whedon, who admitted he had no idea how to write Steve Rogers. And oh, so for just sure. did this very, like, Boy Scout character. Eh, and maybe. You know, I mean, well, that's that's what he was at the time. That's who he yeah. was. So I mean, I think fresh out of the ice, that's wrote, definitely but, who he was. Yeah, yeah. You know. And I, but I, I love that. Like uh, in this fight, he, you know, just like he did in the elevator, you know, he's he's having to do the, he's having to fight the fight, you know, and and it's great, great fight choreography. I really love it. Like you know, I the, can do the, this all day. I mean, yeah, I know. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but like you know the when 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 twenty twelve Steve like finds the you know they go crashing down through so much so many things that should have killed them, but you know they're super soldiers, so it's fine. Um, and uh, you know he he gets the the little compass with a picture of Peggy. He's like, where did you get that? Wall? And they're they, you know they keep fighting and, and like future. Steve is losing out. It's like, oh no, how is how is 2012 Cap still fresh after fighting all the Bucky aliens? Is alive. Yeah, the Becky is still alive. <laughs> and and it's like, oh, that was slick. He knew because he knows exactly what to say as a time traveling yeah. future self uh, to to disrupt himself in the past. And it's, oh, it's yeah. so good. I love it. It hit me right in the feels. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> Bam. Yep. <laughs> Oh. And then he looks at his own ass. <laughs> <laughs> that is that America's, is America's ass. ass. <laughs> so now that Steve has the scepter, he goes to meet Tony and Scott, who are sitting outside. He's like, I did my part. Who are hiding out in a car. And like, yeah, we have a problem. Arguing with each other. <laughs> you didn't like the time heist. You didn't want to do the time heist. You ruined it. <laughs> You're repeating yourself. You're repeating yourself. You're repeating yourself. <laughs> they are such toddlers. <laughs> They, yeah. The styles for Ant-Man and Iron Man, I think, mesh the best as far as, like, they're basically the same. Like, it's, like, <laughs> the comedy. Mm -hmm. So it just it just goes off the rails. Yeah, they are, but but, but they're, like, they, they have this, they have sort of a similar sensibilities, but, you know, Tony is on top of the world, he's rich, he's mm -hmm. successful, everything goes his way, and Scott is the underdog who just keeps failing, and stuff keeps going against him, and he's, like, he's been through so much crap, so it's, like, they have that same sensibility, but from, like, different sides of the socioeconomic spectrum. Yeah. For sure. And then, what is it, he's, it's when Scott brings up that there's, you know, they each have enough pin particles for one round trip each. And that just sparks something mm -hmm. in Tony, oh, yeah. where he's like, I know where we can find both the Tesseract and the pin particles in the same place at the now same time. Now you're thinking with portals. Now you're thinking with portals. <laughs> Is it orange or blue? <laughs> orange. Oh, man. He's like, he's like, oh, yeah, all we need is more of those particles. I mean... This is absolutely that moment when, you know, that trust comes back into play and there's finally that, you know, that friendship re yeah. is restored, um, you know, just in time. Yeah. And he's like, just in time. Do you trust me? <laughs> Your call. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's really funny because, like, as the viewer, you know exactly what they're saying and how they're kind of talking around it. And Scott's just sitting there going, huh? What? What are you talking about? What's <laughs> going on? 
and has to just watch them type oh, in 0407 1970, which threw me for a second because I know that's April 7th in American. But it's also July 4th. July 4th in, <laughs> in English. <laughs> which I thought was funny because Captain America. Yeah. Steve's birthday. Steve! Happy Steve Day. Steve, Steve Day! And so Scott just watches as they bamf into nothing, and he's like, well, I guess I'll go back to 2023, because yep. I've got nothing else to do. It's like, fine. Yep. So we say goodbye to 2012, and jump ahead to 2013 Asgard. I will say that, like, I know that this part is, like, this is Thor's, Thor and Rocket's arc, you know, there's a lot of really important stuff, it's, a lot of it's my favorite of the time heist segments, but... They could have just gone to the collector in 2014. <laughs> it's true. But although, you know what? I have a note in here that's like, as as Thor is watching and Rocket's like, who's the fancy broad? Thor's like, that's my mother. She dies today. I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm like, this is me watching this part of the movie, having a yeah. panic attack, uh. knowing that someone I love is going to die. Yeah. I mean, Thor <laughs> spends this entire segment having... A massive panic attack yeah and, like, and just like it he just he's he's so sad he has that line of like your mom's gone but there are some people who are yeah. only kind of gone right and we got we can get those ones back to like to you know as much as they could have gotten it if they'd gone to the collector in 2014 they, i think they went here because there's a chance they can get it without fighting they can get it without this is true. You know, they can get it with subterfuge instead of force this and is they, true yeah you know it's like you're thor you can go talk to jane and we can get this thing sneaky and go and come back and be fine but if you go to the collector you don't know what kind of you know security he has what kind of defenses he has right it's less collector's likely to gonna want to make a deal also because this was before love and thunder was announced natalie portman did have to close out her contract so she did get a good 30 seconds in this movie to do that <laughs> and it was just footage that had been shot for the dark world right like she didn't do anything new. no i think she did i think she did like one segment it went with the asking probably like asking for pants or something <laughs> fancy pretty pants <laughs> go get go talk to miss pretty pants <laughs> yeah yeah because she had been locked in for three movies Three movies. But yeah. since she didn't do Ragnarok, they had to get her in here. And, and you know, you let her do that thing. You take care of the contract. You keep the relationship good. And that positive react, you know, that positive interaction and not making a fuss out of it means that you get the chance to, to negotiate for the bigger movie later. And you bribe her with Mjolnir. That too. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big, that's a pretty big thing. So they're they're about to go talk to Jane, but Thor bails at the last moment oh, and runs puppy. right into his mother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love 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 Frigga so much. Better off leaving the sneaking to your brother. I was raised by a witch's <laughs> boy. You know, I see with more than eyes. <sighs> and it like it takes her just a second, but then she's like, "Oh, you're not my Thor." Oh yeah, the future hasn't been kind to you. He's like, no, it hasn't. She just holds him. <laughs> She's the only person that he could have talked to oh. in this moment, in this future, past, whatever, that would have been able to What's wrong help him. Eye? Yeah, that would have been able to help him move forward. And totally what? from the future. And he he's, you know, opens up and he admits that he feels like a failure. And she says to him, everyone fails. Everybody fails at who they're supposed to be. The measure of a hero is how well they succeed at being who they are. Who they are. Yeah, that was nice. And yeah. I think it just helps alleviate some of that guilt. Like he was able yeah. to let go of the, I should have done this, I should have done that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what was the point? I was too late, an idiot with an axe. Yeah. But he's my idiot with an axe. And then Rocket comes running down, having obtained the ether, with a bunch of guards <laughs> chasing him, calling him Rabbit! Get that rabbit! Get that rabbit! Asgard must have So Thor animals. wasn't confused about what Rocket was, it's just that on Asgard they call raccoons rabbits. That's what yeah, they are. Just, <laughs> oh. oh, man. 
And Rocket says, oh, hey, you must be mom. Yeah, oh. yeah. And he's like, I gotta go. She's like, you know, this was a gift. I was like, oh, that's great. And it was. And he yeah. tries to warn her, but she says, you know, you're here to repair your future, yeah, not fine. mine. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. She's like, like, I'm whatever fine. Happened. I'm like, I'm thousands of years old. I'm fine. It's like, I think she knows. I think she, I think she has an understanding of what's coming. Yeah. And for I her, think she's at peace. So. Yeah. Um, and then before they go, he holds out his it hand. A, sometimes it takes a few seconds. And Mjolnir comes on in. Which, <clears throat> you know, this is a resurrection, too. I'm... Mjolnir was destroyed in Ragnarok, so yeah. we got a back, and, baby. And, you know, hand in hand with all the stuff, like that line, I'm still worthy. Oh, my God, I wanted to cry. Our other group of space people. Mm, and eat a salad. <laughs> yeah, yeah we can stupid. ignore that line. We're gonna ignore it. Uh, My mom said it to me. 2014. Uh, Rhodey, yeah. Nebula, Natasha, and Clint land on Morag, and then Nat and Clint take off to do their own thing. We'll come back to them later. Yeah. All they have to do is not fall out. They get, yeah, <sighs> they get some hugs. They go. They're like, "Oh, bye bye. I'll see you in a minute. It'll be fine. Let's go to space. Woo, woo!" And they are having so much fun when they take off. They're- Yes! The banter, all four of them, the banter is there. Yeah, I, I love, uh, like, a bit that Nebula has in there. She's like, you know, we're not the only ones looking for the stones in 2014. It's like, how easily she talks about, like, times in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, the Western, you know, the sort of the the, the Western Earth uh, common era of 2014. Yeah, she's like, like super, yeah. you know, like, she's like, she absorbed this year, like, you know, this date system without a problem. She's just talking about it that way. I'm like, what is the intergalactic, like, uh, civilization standard for years? What year is it for Thanos? Because yeah. for him, it's not 2014. No. But also, no. she, when she says that, Rhodey's like, who else is looking for the stones? And I'm like, who do you think? Why wouldn't she have told them this? During the briefing. <sighs> the purple motherfucker who just destroyed half your planet. <laughs> I feel like this was important information that should have been divulged when they were planning the time heist. It probably was. He just wasn't. He was just making too much fun of Thor and not this paying is true. attention. Being kind of a dork. Oh, yeah. From here, they jump to uh, Nebula and Gamera of the past, yep. killing big dudes. Yeah. Kill, kill, Whee! kill. And, and we have that, again, that callback to Guardians 2 where, you know, Gamora was always trying to, you know, fought always fought to win and Nebula just wanted a sister. You know, you have those moments which is just... But you the thing is, as I was watching it, I see Gamora trying to help her in these really subtle ways like without... Yeah. Yeah. Without irritating Thanos, she's trying to make things better for Nebula. Yeah. But... From Nebula's perspective, she wouldn't see it that way. Right. Yeah. So it's just, it's a very interesting emotional note. Yeah. Especially when Brainly. she glitches and Gamora tries to cover Gamora's her. Gamora's like, oh, it must be some sort of mistake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or or like, well, and, and if sort of in a similar thread, it's not exactly the same thing, but when they're like, oh yeah, he, he knows where a stone is. We're going to get the stone. And Gamora's like, one out of six, okay? You know, don't get too excited. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she's 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 not, like, coming out and saying, I don't want him to find all of them. But mm-hmm. she's like, just just chill. <laughs> like, yeah, for sure. It's, it's only one out of six. Like, she's telling herself, I don't need to worry about it. It's just one. Exactly. This is fine. We're all fine here. How are you? You know, except it's not so fine because they end up probing her for... Because this yeah. is why the cloud is bad. <laughs> I guess. I, uh, man, okay, so I guess Morag, the planet Morag is in the same solar system, which is another thing that I found funny, because like solar system, Sol is the name of whatever they're speaking English, I shouldn't complain mm-hmm. too much. But yeah. I guess there, Thanos was in the same solar system as, uh, 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 as, as Quill Ronan and Ronan's buddy and Quill, and like, they weren't that far apart. I mean, like, that's that's a small scale. If you're in, if you're able to jump instantaneously from point to point in the galaxy, then being in the same solar system is like being right next door. Right. <laughs> it's like what, I, I don't I don't get this. <laughs> it's like oh yeah, she's right here. So you know well, and even then, like the sort of the time you know the 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 that their brains would interact and like 
interfere with each other when there's a, a time delay, you know, a light speed delay of a, a, at least a few minutes. I, whatever. I shouldn't complain about that too much. <laughs> no, but it's still I, I I have my own complaints about what goes on in these next couple of scenes. But uh, you get that little you get a little transition here with "Come and get your love," and you know exactly what is happening. <laughs> and cuts to you know Quill doing his dance. I love that moment when they cut the sound. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> and, so good. And Rhodey just turns to Nebula and goes. So he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, when they first landed, the little, like, lizard things that live fair. on that yeah. planet, Natasha kicked one of them. Yeah, yeah. And I felt bad. I'm like, nah, don't kick the lizard. And I love that they literally just hit Peter Quill upside the head. <laughs> like. I wrote down, oh, come on, Rody, don't give him any more brain damage than he already has. Yeah, that. <laughs> Ooh, that, you know, when his Iron Man, when his, like, War Machine metal gauntlet, like, instantly clubs him unconscious, I'm like, that's bad. (laughs) That's "That's deeply dangerous. Do you have some sort of a setting on your armor that lets you just calculate the blow to only knock someone out and not (laughs) cause permanent brain damage or death? I mean, technically, (laughs) if you've knocked them out, you already have caused some amount of brain damage, so. Yeah. I think we talked about this when we did when we did the first Avengers movie. Probably, probably because yeah, people get any any time somebody gets knocked out in a movie where it's like I'm just going to do a knockout blow. I'm that's bullshit. Don't do that. Anyways, so they get to the temple of the Power Stone, and Rhodey is immediately <laughs> like, "Don't go in. Wait, There's going to be traps." <laughs> I've seen this movie. I've seen this movie. <laughs> this is the part when it's booby trapped. Spikes come out with skeletons on them. I'm like, this isn't Indiana Jones, Rhodey. It's fine. Should be Indiana Jones. Like the little, little it is. It's exactly the the weight transfer thing. And I love, like, you know, her, her, uh, you know, her, her solution to the problem. She's like, you know what? Just shoves her arm in there, like sacrificing the pound of flesh to to get the thing they need. And I'm like, oof. And that that's that sort of shot where she's like, you know, like looking at her her exposed arm. I'm like, that's. That's Terminator 2 right there. That's awesome. <laughs> and I love this little, like, they have a very quiet, they have a wordless exchange right here where Rhodey was like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. And she's like, please don't pity me. Yeah. I wasn't always like this. Yeah. Neither was right. I. We work with what we got. And I think I think that was probably good for Nebula to hear. Yeah, for sure. Since she has been. Yeah. I don't know. She's I mean, so I don't altered. think she knows anyone else who has prosthetics of any kind. Yeah. And they, you know, they don't get a chance to explore it in the movie, really. But I imagine that, you know, I mean, a, a part of why she's fighting with them and that she's been working with them, you know, reporting to Black Widow when she, you know, could exist out in the galaxy and do whatever she wants. She's decided to be a part of this team. You have to imagine she's made some real friendships with these people. Yeah. She's have, you know. Yeah, and you had that, there was that one beat, Mm -hmm. you know, in the first section of the movie where, um, you know, right before they went to get Thor, you know, she comes in and she, like, radios to to Rhodey. It's like, Rhodey, be careful on re-entry. There's an idiot in the landing zone. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's clear that, like, that... There's a at least a snark friendship there. Yeah, they have mm-hmm. they have like similar sensibilities in terms of mean humor. Uh, you know, they're they're sort of on that same wavelength, and they like each other's uh, what they've got to say. Meanwhile, Thanos has been probing the cloud to find out everything he's done. He's like, oh, Thanos watched of- the entirety of Phase Two and Phase Three. Or he's Pretty watching much. the previously on, previously yeah. on <laughs> the Avengers. He's watching the Alamo Draft House previously. That's great. That's great. And so he's like, he's feeling very, very confident about this whole thing. Yeah, I'm awesome. I am inevitable. It's destiny. He doesn't care that he sees himself get beheaded. He's like, I still win. And that sound, like that, that, that was not the chonk of an axe. That sounded like a lightsaber. But I think, like, watching all of that, seeing it, like, listening to Thanos, like, talk about how 
overly confident he is now. Oh, this is definitely going to happen. It's, you know, it's what I meant to do. Like, Gamora knows what happens when you go to get the soul stone. Like, so she knows what's what's coming for her. So she has even more incentive to... Also, speaking of, you know, Gamora showing up in this movie, it's the first time we've seen her since she died. Yeah. And she gets to come back from that. Everybody who died gets a shot. And not like a sort of dead. Like a... <laughs> but she... Mm. Well, Soulstone dead. Okay? Yeah. Well, okay. We'll say that. So, Rhodey and Nebula are about to... <sighs> Port out and Rhodey does successfully, but Nebula glitches yeah. because of the cloud. She realizes that Thanos is coming for them. She goes to radio. Why? Why? She had she had the free will and and the ability to move and go and and use the radio. Why she, didn't she just use her time? Yeah. Like I get that device. she wanted to warn them, but she did like but she didn't port. She Why didn't she do that? Right. It was ah. Uh, she had the ability because like clearly. Future, I mean, past Nebula uses it to go mm-hmm. there, to go back. So it's like her, her, she just brain farted and it's like, oh, I better go get on the radio and call them. It's like, no, use your time travel device you were just about to use. Yeah. This is like the equivalent of Peter Quill interrupting them from taking the glove off of Thanos for me. Yeah. In terms of like, yeah. It just. The one mistake you made that could have changed everything. Yeah. Yep. And I guess, I mean, well, but the thing is, like, it does, like, where, when Peter Quill, like, makes his mistake, like, it's in emotional. character, it kind of makes sense that he's an emotional, right. like, wreck. But for mm-hmm. her, I have a little harder time. Like, when I watch the movie, when I watch the movie, um, you know, the first, I don't know, a dozen times, whatever, uh, this part didn't bother me. But when I'm paying attention, and I'm like, wait a second. It does. Mm-hmm. Well, the future, you know, the time travel device is working fine. Why All she would has she... to do is just go. All you have to do yeah. is hit it. All she had to go do was go. And then, and if she had gone, 2014 Thanos would have had no access to time travel. Right. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing sure. would have happened. I mean, maybe no. they would have been able to track down Nat and Clint, but... No. But, no. But anyway, so they bring Nebula on board... She's super angry about it. She's like, she's like trying to like prove to daddy that she's good enough. So she's beating herself up, you know, which is kind of, you know, it's kind of funny. She's like beating herself up uh, to try and make her abuser mm-hmm. feel good about her uh, or whatever. Well, you can tell how she feels about herself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you're worthless and disgust. You know, you're dis. you're, what was it? Disgusting or uh, what is it? What is it? She says, you disgust me, but that doesn't mean you're useless. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and everybody knows exactly where this is going. Because yeah. there's two nebulas. Dun, dun, dun. So time shenanigans are about to happen. Well, now that we've been progressively going forward in time, we're going to go back even further and catch up with Steve and Tony in 1970. The summer of love. Well, the summer after the summer of love. Yeah, so the summer <laughs> of like an incredibly disappointing time. But, you know, the summer of Stan Lee and his mustache. <laughs> Make love, not war. And his enough said bumper sticker. That was the last one that he filmed, wasn't it? Yeah. That is true. Rest in peace, Stanley. He just got his own um, 1970s Avengers Endgame Funko Pop. But anyways, coming back yet again to Captain America, the Winter Soldier, they are at Camp Lehigh in New Jersey. The birthplace of Captain America. That place again. (laughs) That place again. And Tony's looking around like, so if we have like super secret shrinky particles and a glowy cube of death, where would we keep it? And Steve's like, the (laughs) building where there's not supposed to be a building. I remember this. Where the, and you know where it is. You found the secret elevator. Super obviously sneaky trying to enter the building. Yeah, it's like, why are those nice guys in suits going into that ammo dump? And then we have Shirley in the elevator giving them the stink eye. And it is absolutely Shirley. I love it. Only Shirley gives that kind of glare. 
It's, oh man, it's another community tie-in. I love it so much. I know. And I love, I, yeah, I love how competent she is. She's like, "You're new here, right?" Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, and and she does not buy their story at all. <laughs> it's definitely like she paid attention during those briefings about operational security mm-hmm, and you know mm-hmm. loose lips sink ships and you know you know do you know the people around you that kind of thing. And uh, as we're going to find out in a minute, Howard Stark never paid attention to that crap. <laughs> no. Because he finds Tony around in his office and he's like, he's looking for Arnim Zola. <laughs> because that was a good idea. Where, where'd that Nazi doctor go? We totally misplaced that guy. <laughs> I can't find him Who anymore. Who was keeping tabs on the Nazi doctor? Is he in a TV? Is he in a computer monitor? Okay, so I know earlier we had joke, when did Dominic Cooper turn into John Slattery? And we had said it was going to be when Tony was born, but clearly it was before that because Maria's pregnant right now. Yeah. Maybe when he found out he was going to be a father, he just spontaneously turned into John Slattery. Yeah, and no, you know, no offense to Dominic Cooper, but I think this scene... I mean, they're both great actors, but I think this is better with John Slattery than with uh, Dominic Cooper. Oh, yeah, because, I mean... You need that age and maturity that there's like a weight to it that I feel like Dominic Cooper, like he's still, he's the young Howard in the like, Howard was still like Tony as a playboy sort of thing. And now they're both older in later parts of their lives. 25-ish, 24, 25-ish years after the first Avenger. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some age there. And I love that he calls himself... Well, first he does the thing of, like, he's supposed to say what his name is, and he thinks of the... Just says what he sees, which is Howard. 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 (laughs) Oh, that'll be easy to remember. uh, Pots. (laughs) And I love, you know, I love how, you know, sort of, like, charming and slick and comfortable Howard is about, you know, about meeting this weirdo. But at the same time, like, you know, whereas, again, Shirley, which is what we'll call her, it's not her name, obviously, but... But whereas she paid attention about, you know, operational security, he like, okay, so he comes in and is like asking for Armenzola, like just a moment after like Tony, like cut through a thing with an, you know, his arc welder with his laser cutter. (laughs) So there would have been like a bright flash. And it's like, you know, do you have, do you have permission to be here visiting from MIT for what? What are you doing? Why are you here? This is one of the most secure locations on earth. Well, I, 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 maybe I just it's, can't. Maybe it's pre-baby brain. <sighs> maybe I don't he, think my brain farted that much. <laughs> maybe he had to go on a midnight run for pickles and ice cream because <laughs> well, sauerkraut. He, well, yeah, he had sauerkraut in his hand. Sour, sauerkraut and flowers. Aww. Yeah, I, I just. Like this whole thing, like it's touching and it's sweet, and I love all of their interaction. But from a security standpoint, I'm like Howard Stark is just such a liability. Like I get that he invents stuff, and that's great, but man, yeah, I this don't... guy's gullible. Yeah, if 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 he was going to be a contractor in this day and age, he would not pass a background test. Steve is a lot slicker in hitting his mark because he calls into Hank Pym's office and be yeah. like. That was good. I love that. And and like, you know, I think- hey, there's something down here in shipping. It's glowing. <laughs> the guys don't feel so good. I think you should come down here and get it. I love I love it. And you know what? Like some some people had said like the de-aging on on uh on him didn't look didn't look so good. It was I thought it looked great. It was I thought it was really good. The de-aging looked great. It was the yeah. hair that was terrible. Yeah, but I mean, that was his hair. Yeah. He had he I know. had that big hair. <laughs> I will say, outside of Nat, Steve is the oh, most competent Avenger, period. Oh, God, yes. So, like, it's just nice It's just nice to see that carried through. Oh, yeah. And, and that was, like, another example of, just like he did in 2012, he knew how to manipulate his target. So, Hank Pym goes running out of the office, and he goes, and he grabs four Pym particle tubes because he's smart. And he knows, like, okay, we're gonna need more we than need- just... The return trip. We're going to need some we extras. Need, we need more of these. <laughs> these are going to come in handy. <laughs> He's like, well, we need to bring the stones back, so we need one for that round trip as well. And then yeah. Shirley 
is coming through with those MPs. Because she's a smart cookie. Yep. She's like, one of them looked like a hippie. <laughs> yeah, she knew with it. With that Mungo Jerry beard. Yeah, it was so And good. Steve has to so improvise. Good. He ducks into the first office he sees. And in that office on the desk is a black and white picture of Skinny Steve. Oh, my God. And, it says, and you can see Margaret Carter. Oh. And then he looks up, and there she is. There she is, just on the other side of the glass. But you know what I really love? I love that it's the picture of Skinny Steve. Yeah. That's on her desk, because we all know that's when she fell for him. Right. Yeah. She fell yeah. for him when she saw that skinny little guy just take down the flagpole, because everyone else was trying to climb it, and he's like, well, I'll just bring the flag down yep. to when me. He, like, jumped on the grenade and... And know. I got beat up in that alley. And that one. And, <laughs> and that, that one. one. And that one. I just... And I just oh. made a note here that if it's 1970, Seuss has already been quote-unquote dead for a decade and a half. And she's probably... I mean, I know this is currently we are creating the alternate timeline as we speak, but she's probably already married to yeah. Steve. I guess I don't. I don't understand Steve's actions, but we'll uh, we'll talk about that yeah. in the last last no. next week. Not yet, because he hasn't done it yet. Well, not yet. No, but once he does, then once when, he does, then yeah. in 1970, that would they'll be, be the married. Case. But, yeah. but in that timeline, in that sort of divergent reality, uh, in that divergent reality, Captain du- Captain America never shows up in her 1970. Mm, true. Wait, maybe he does. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So time travel is weird, people. Yep. It's probably never going to happen. Steve catches up outside where Howard and Tony are still talking about uh, the name that this? that 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 oh. Maria wants to give their Did... child. What was yeah, it? That's terrible. Uh, Alfonso. Or Almanzo, Almanzo, or Alfonso. It was bad. It was like it wasn't even. It wasn't even a normal name. (laughs) No, it wasn't even a normal name. But um, Tony says that he has a girl, and Howard's like, "Oh, I wish I had a girl. Less of a chance of of them turning out like me." Mm -hmm. And he says, "The greater good rarely outweighed my own self interest." I'm like, that is the Stark family motto. It is. (laughs) It absolutely is. And I mean, that's all the the character growth then we'd like. That's Tony's starting point. And then we have all that growth through Iron Man 1, Iron Man 3. I did, yeah, I did like that bit. uh, He he asked him, you know, like, uh, do you have any advice? Well, my old man told me no amount of money ever bought a second of time, except now. Yeah, Except now that you've cracked time travel and you need to have money to make it happen. So, oops. Anyways, they have an incredibly awkward hug in which Howard's like, why is this strange man? I just met hugging me. for every for everything you've done for my for this country. You know, right. thanks, Howard Stark. But then, but you, then, you, you but beat then, the Nazis. Jarvis, Jarvis, Jarvis. Howard, Howard goes to his driver, like, and he gets a speaking line, and Peggy doesn't. I know they probably had to pay him less. True, probably had to pay him less to speak. It was kind of funny, like uh, in that spot where you know where Steve sees her. Um, it was completely inaudible in the film. Like I didn't. But she's definitely talking. Out what she, but she's talk. She is talking, and if you have your closed caption on, like it's actually like they bothered us to subtitle it. It's something like it's not lightning strikes we're looking for, and I'm like, I wonder what's going on. Hmm. Hmm. Yep, hmm. But anyways, so yeah, we get a glimpse of Jarvis. Who, if you are an audience member who hasn't watched Agent Carter, you're like, oh, that must be the butler that Tony named his AI after. And if you have watched Asian Carter, you're like, it's Jarvis from Asian Carter. Yeah. <laughs> they looped him in. It's great. Like, yeah, yes. just the the attempt the attempt to for the continuity with all like the background extras and Pierce and, you know, and Frigga and and that little bit of we I forgot to mention it early, but you see Loki, like, tossing up the thing while he's in prison because it's taking place during mm-hmm. Thor of the Dark World. Like, all these little beats, just that attention was really great. Yeah, and it's definitely the attention to detail that makes this part of the movie so delightful. Mm-hmm. And then you go from, I went from having the most 
amazing fun of my life to the darkest moment of my life. Yep. It's been rewarding you up until this point. It's been rewarding me up until we get to Vormir in 2014. Because you know, as soon as it as soon as it cuts and says Vormir 2014, and you know who's on that ship, you know what's coming. Like you know something bad is going to happen. Yeah. Because yeah. it has to happen, because that's the only way you get Because that's the, the rule. Because nobody can meet Red Skull and be like, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if we sent Zola. Wouldn't it be perfect if somebody like showed up there by themselves, and it's just like, and Red Skull's just like, well, you get nothing. <laughs> and it's like, but I found you. <laughs> and that's how and he like, gets in. When they arrive, they're still having so much fun. Yeah, yeah. The oh, raccoon, man. I, I bet a rac- the raccoon didn't have to climb a mountain. He's not really a raccoon. Oh, whatever. He eats garbage. He says earlier before they before in the initial like Morag twenty fourteen bit when they first take off, he's like this, a long way from Budapest, and they just have this huge smile on their face, and it's just back to basics for them. Mm, like it's everything I loved in twenty twelve. But anyways, they arrive and Red Skulls like daughter of ivan son of edith and i thought the daughter of ivan was really interesting because that's another little nod to the comics mm-hmm. um because ivan was her like the man who raised her in the comics hmm. um he gives you know he gives them the spiel soul for soul one of them has to die and they're just sitting there for a good long while processing this information well i guess we know who it has to be and they're each and they're talking, talking about, about different yeah. people. There's such self-sacrificing. And they're both like talking about, you know, they got to do this, greater good, has to be done. Da, 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 da. And they're both clutching at each other. It's going to be me. And they're both like, it's me. No. Yeah. No. Rabbit season, duck season, rabbit season, duck just season. Just let Clint jump. It would be so funny if one, of, if one of them was just, it, it would be so funny if one of them was like, yeah, it should be you. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. And then I'm sitting there watching them fight each other over who gets to die. And I'm like, you are my stupid children. And this scene is wonderful. It really is. And it's really, it feels like their fight in, um... In the first Avengers movie, mm-hmm. but funnier, but not as funny no. because one of them's going to yeah. die. Yeah. Well, but but this fight is like less um, like the stakes are high because obviously one of them will die, but it's like one of them will die uh, because they choose to because that's what they're they want to you know that's their goal mm-hmm. to yeah. save trillion you know when they say like save billions of people like people throw around billions a lot and I'm like no. If you're talking about the whole universe, it's just trillions. It's of not even trillions. It's, I, it's, like it's quadrillions. It's, yeah, more than that. It's like hard to calculate. Like I, you know, if, if if a galaxy, a galaxy is billions of stars, and there are billions of galaxies, it's almost Jesus an infinite Christ. number. Yeah, yeah. It's like you can't you can't calculate like how much life there is. But I guess on Earth, it's billions. It's billions on Earth. <laughs> But I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here going, like, I cannot believe Thanos' shit-ass abusive love counted back in Infinity War. Because, look, like, like compare it. Look at the comparison. Like, uh, this is what actual love is, and then that's just... I still think it should have been Clint. Clint should have been the one oh, to me go. Oh, me too. Me too. That adds that adds weight to the idea that somebody with some sort I don't know what sort of emotional like state they would have to have or how their brain would have to work, but conceivably if if Thanos's thing worked to get the soul stone, conceivably you could have somebody show up who just is like, "Wow, Red Skull, I really do love you." Yeah. And kill him. <laughs> or, you know, they they bring like this is going to sound terrible. A pet. That's even worse. I said it was going to sound terrible. Well, you know, you know, you work it out like bye bye, old yeller. (laughs) (laughs) We need the soul stone for the farm. (laughs) Jimmy was going to die in the well anyway. broken we we are <laughs> this scene makes me cry and it makes me even matter on like an outside the movie level of like great yeah. you took the one woman from both teams guardians and avengers 
and killed them in the exact goddamn same way. <laughs> Fuck you, I hadn't Russo quite made brothers. that connection. Oh, that is that is interesting. Yeah. And, and then they try to make it up, make up for it with the girl power scene later, which really sucks. Well, but we'll no, talk about Guardians, that next week. like Mantis is on the team in Guardians, so. But Gamora was the only one in the first movie. She right. was the only yes. one in the OG yes. team. Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, <laughs> and so the thing happens. I don't even want to talk about the thing. Yeah. Vincent wakes yeah. up in the puddle with the stone in his hand. I guess. Yeah, he's got the stone. And then it's time to travel through time. <laughs> Episode over. Yeah, that's it. We're done. But I'm <laughs> no, I, so I really like as a as a whole. I really like how they like conceptualize and and weave together the time segments. Like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. like it was really good. Again, you know, they had the attention to detail. They brought back, you know, all those all the the moments from all of the movies they were revisiting. They made yeah. Thor: The Dark World important. They made Doctor Strange sort of important. You know. Yeah. They made again, they made Ant-Man, you know, important. Important. Yeah, it, it really they really like this whole segment uh was like a a sort of love letter to all the all yeah. of us dorks, uh you know, as dorks with our podcasts who watched all the movies and have been paying attention to everything. They're like, "We're going to put this in there for you, buddy." Yeah. Maybe not like, everybody in the theater gets it, but we know you're going to get it. Like, yeah, go. this very much, like you said, it feels like a love letter with a P.S. fuck you at the bottom. Oh, <laughs> they didn't fuck us. They <laughs> fucked me. I mean, look, it's not how I met your mother. And I will, I'm going to talk about it more just in terms of how I think it. there's a lot of shitty story writing, storytelling involved. But yeah, that's uh, that's for next week when we talk about their man pain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I have a, yeah, I have a fun phrase that i think you'll remember right let me throw this bench (laughs) but um it's so lot like we know watching this movie there's going to be more right this is not the end yeah right but we know also know that like oh it's been made a big deal of that a lot of these actors aren't necessarily returning and this is the end for this group so it does feel like that series finale vibe Mm -hmm. and aside from the fuck the PS fuck you at the end. They hit it out of the park. For now. For now. Yeah. No, this segment, yeah. this part of the movie. And the thing is, I will get ranty again ne- I will get ranty next week. I think we um, all will about Natasha's death. But um part of me part of me remembers coming out of that movie being completely devastated, but also the scene was written so perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. And she did yeah. go out on her own terms, which was like, I think. Yeah. A um, lot of characters don't the get The only that. <laughs> saving grace of that yeah. for it's me. Just, she's fighting to get to that one moment. But the thing is, and I actually, this is, I talked to Scott Corelli about this. That whole bit um, was set up by Joss Whedon with one line. I've got red in my ledger. I yeah. need to wipe it out. Yeah. He basically set her on this course that she had to die to undo all the pain that she did, and which I think is I think is bullshit. I'm like, please let traumatized characters who have gone through horrible shit like Yeah live. <laughs> like Oh yeah, yeah. His uh she was like, I'm not gonna judge you by the worst thing you've ever done. He's like, Maybe you should. You did. She's like, no, this is not a. This yeah. is, you know, this what what you're doing now with both of you fighting over who gets to die for the soul stone. Your death is not some sort of, uh, you know, it's not judgment and and it's not punishment for the things that have happened in the past. You're making an active choice to help everyone else. This isn't. It's not punishment. It's like, oh god, this is gonna again. This is gonna sound terrible. Didn't, like, Mindy St. Clair was, like, a terrible person in the good place up until, like, even when she died, but she had, like, started a charity that raised, like, a shit ton of money, so she ended up in the medium place. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like... So Natasha... So Natasha's in the medium place. Natasha's in the story. Natasha's in the medium place with a whole bunch of mediocre movies to watch. (laughs) Cannonball Run 2. I accept this. (laughs) I'm pretty sure most of the Avengers are eventually going to end up in the medium place. Yeah. Like, she'll yeah. have company. 
Not most, but enough of them. Yeah. Tony's going to end up in the medium place. What are you talking about? Tony, yeah, sure. why well, wasn't Steve's going to be in the good place? That's true. Well, yeah. I mean, if you go by the canon of the good place, like nobody got into the good place for yeah. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds we of can, years. We so. can, as far you know, uh, Eleanor Shellstrop and uh, and 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 uh, Chidi Adegonye and all those characters, they they have reset the afterlife, yes. and the Avengers <laughs> have a shot at going to the good place. This is true. All right, I accept this. <laughs> the good place takes place in the MCU. Yeah. Totally. All right, so next week we'll be finishing off Endgame, the big finale that's not actually even the last movie in Phase 3. Yeah. (laughs) You know. It does not end. Uh, There is no finale. There is no end. If you have liked this episode, if you like listening to us, uh, give us a five-star rating and a review on uh, Spotify, iTunes, whatever, wherever you're listening to us. If you like the sound of me and Chris's voice, listen to Geek by Night on whatever podcast platform you are listening to. Or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute if you just like me. Yes. <laughs> to all of those and We things. will catch you next week. I need a witty sign off. I don't know what to say. Excelsior. <laughs> <laughs>